Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead Charger, Courser, Rouncy, Palfrey, Sumter, Cart Horse, or Nag 1d6 damage at a time until dead, or until it has surrendered the field of battle. This week we discuss the fourth edition of King Arthur, Pendragon, and we have our, our antique barrelettes corded under the Salix Ordinary. Let us sally forth on today's System Mastery. Okay, welcome to System Mastery. I'm Jeff. My co-host John is here with me. John, how are you? Oh my goodness, so good. And today's episode is brought to you by Bark Loot. Uh, yeah, today's uh, episode is brought to you by Casper Van Dien. <laughs> it's brought to you by Vin Diesel. <laughs> by Casper Vin Diesel. Uh, uh, sorry, we spent... A good 10 minutes before we started today's episode discussing if we wanted to do any of these ads that we have on offer, where we get like 15% if someone subscribes to BarkBox, yeah. or to or 12%, up to 12% if someone subscribes to a Loot Crate subscription. My goodness. And, I mean, I don't want to do ads. I just don't. I really, I really don't. I'd rather just, you know, rely on it, it's the, the Patreon money if someone wants to support us. But That's all there is to it. So we we almost cheapened out this this morning and recorded like a bark box ad. Hell yeah! So if, you're, if you're wondering what that sounds like, it would have sounded like this. Hi folks, do you have a dog who wants the equivalent of like a million belly scratches? Then go to barkbox.get/slash/mastery/pants and you'll get a free month of dog biscuits. Dude, free month of dog biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployed. That might be worth it. I ain't got a dog, but you know. Neither of us have dogs. It was going to be a very hollow ad. Guys got to eat. It would have been both of us being pretty sad, right? It would have been like, oh, at BarkBox, if you had a dog, which we can't, <laughs> I, then. We don't have dogs, but if I did, I'd want to make them happy, but I can't because I'm so poor. So I'd have one of them poor dogs you see on the streets sometimes, and it makes you sad. Anyway, BarkBox.com. <laughs> Now we're just doing ads for free. No, we're not. It's not BarkBox.com. I did it wrong on purpose. Yay. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Yep. If you'd like a box of monthly curated dog treats, send us 50 bucks and I'll put something together. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll ship you some nonsense. <laughs> I'll take care of it. You know what? We're going into business. This is now an artisanal dog bark subscription loot crate service. Dog bark subscription. <laughs> if you send us $25, we will send you a curated <laughs> box of dog barks. <laughs> How much would you pay for that? <laughs> just just endless MP3s of dog barks. Well, it'd be curated for you specifically, John, because I know the only dog bo- dog barks you like is just kind of a boof. Yeah, I want them large dogs that are trying not to bark but really want to. Just them boof. <laughs> boof. That's exactly what my parents' dog does on a speak command now. And it's the best. She's, she just kind of goes you're just like, yeah, you do it. You're a great dog. Yeah. <laughs> You're so big, and I love it. Anyway, we should probably talk about Pendragon at some point. Well, hey, you can have a dog in Pendragon. That's hey, a thing you can do. there you go. Can you, go, can you buy it a loot crate? <laughs> yes, you can. If As long as you're a vassal knight and not a bachelor knight. Well, I feel like a bachelor knight is the target audience for loot crate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Kind of just, are you alone and bored? Do you, do want, you want a Funko Pop of Morgan Le Fay? <laughs> 
Do you want a Funko Pop of Jeffrey Dean Morgan LeFay? <laughs> well, now I do. Well, God damn it. Uh, so Pendragon. Pendragon is uh, King Arthur role-playing that is very clearly done by someone that is super into the legends. Yes, yeah. So this is the fourth edition of uh, Pendra- of King Arthur Pendragon. And uh, that means it came out sometime, I believe, in the early 90s. I did not do any research here. I don't need to do a whole lot of research for this book because the book did the research for us, and it is not shy about saying so. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying, is this book is so full of asides about, like, different types of Arthur legends and opening up beers. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, it goes on and on about like, oh, these are the different uh, people who did like the writings on Arthur Legends and the way in which they presented it and uh, the timeline of what's going on and so on. So it gives you a ton of information about it. Yeah. So this is based on the Mallory version of the Pendragon mythos. Uh, it's it's mostly Mort d'Arthur. Yes. I don't know anything at all about this stuff, John. I know you've did you like, did you never read any of the King Arthur stuff in high school or anything? The, the closest I've come to reading any King Arthur stuff is the England supplement for riffs. <laughs> and, oh, you're then you're all up to speed on King Arthur. Yeah, and the side-scrolling Capcom beat 'em up arcade game <laughs> in which you can play as Arthur or Lancelot or Percival. Percival. And I believe at one point you have to beat up a samurai. Oh, 100% I was always Percival, by the way. <laughs> he's the dude with the axe, right? Yeah, he was a huge he's, dude with an axe. And he's, wearing, was and he's wearing midriff armor, if I remember correctly. Like, and I never forget a midriff. I mean, come on. I mean, yes, Arthur was in his dumb gold armor. But, uh, you know, <laughs> give me the biggest, stupidest guy you got, and that's what I'm about. Anyway, that's my full knowledge of the uh, the King Arthur mythos. I'm pretty sure at one point he fights an iron golem, and then later he fights Musashi. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the... I mean, for me, sadly, the uh, the point in my high school where we s- were supposed to do uh, some readings of selections from Mort d'Arthur, mm-hmm. uh, I was in, it was the one year where I wasn't in AP or Advanced English. What happened? Uh, it was just the sophomore year, because I was kidding, Advanced everybody. Freshman and then AP the last two, yeah. and that year... My co- my uh, teacher was the coach of the football team, mm-hmm. which means that our reading for uh, King Arthur was watching Excalibur, <laughs> our reading of Last of the Mohicans was watching Last of the Mohicans, and also the same for Moby Dick. <laughs> well, at least, did you at least get to watch like a cool version of Moby Dick? Which one was it? No, it was a shitty one. Oh. It wasn't the Patrick Stewart one, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> I want one where it's some famous British actor in the title role. Huh. Yeah. Yes, hello, I'm Moby Dick. <laughs> hello, I'm a whale. <laughs> Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Which one is Excalibur? Who's the star of that? Uh, Excalibur's an old one. It's like the 60s King Arthur one or something. Oh, does it have what's-his-face, uh, the guy I look like? Yeah, I don't uh, know. Jeffrey... Tambor? No, something... Use, uh, Peter Ustinov. <laughs> That's the guy I look like that everyone, all the old people, whenever I see them, they're like, oh my God, you look like Peter Ustinov. And I have to be like, who? What? What? Oh, wait, wasn't he the voice of of Prince John in the Robin Hood movie? <laughs> and they're like, no, he was in like Caesar or some nonsense. <laughs> some kind of nonsense. Some sort of something. You look like him. Yeah. He's dead. I don't know. I have no idea who was in it. It was 
Just real boring, and I didn't care. Straight up, one of our homework assignments was to color a picture <laughs> of a map of England. This is why I got it like a D in that. I got A's in AP English and a D in that class because I straight up refused to do anything. I had the same problem. I, I had an assignment once to draw a scene from The Old Man in the Sea. Oh, my God. I turned in a green piece of paper with darn the darn fog written on it. <laughs> I got a B, thank God. And a little sign that said, do more work next time. <laughs> I was like, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to draw pictures about Old Man in the Sea. You know what? I have the same note for you. Please do more work next time. <laughs> anyway, so Pendragon. <laughs> so Pendragon is a role-playing game that is super into that. And man, not only is there a ton of information, but the author feels... Feels like he would be personally injured if you played this game in a way that he didn't like. And we've encountered that before. This isn't the first time we've seen a game where the author's like, well, make sure your players don't try to do this, or else this will happen. But in this one, it's not so much that he's giving advice about how to steer the ship, it's that he's begging you. Oh yeah, it's straight up like, if you try and play this game in a comedic way that isn't like the actual Arthurian legends... I, the author, will personally be sad. I'll get a year older. I I will straight up just cry salty tears. I'll know. I'll know if you do it. All this guy, Greg Stafford is his name, and all he does is wander back and forth on a widow's walk somewhere, aging every time someone plays a character with a dumb name in his Arthur games. Yeah, every time someone's like, my name is Sir Exxon, and he's like, oh no, oh, oh gosh. Oh, why would you do this? I couldn't possibly. I, I don't know that he's British. Well, but you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but he's like, yes, please, please do not name your character Frodo. This is the height of insult. Yeah. So it is it is very much a please use this to play Arthurian legend down to the point where it's like every adventure is a year. Mm -hmm. uh, so... There's no like, oh, we go traipsing around for a week, and then we go over here, and this is this session and that session. No, every session is a whole goddamn year. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, this game uses a rule set that we've encountered before, but heavily modified, uh, and it was heavily modified when we encountered it then as well. This is the BRS, or basic roleplay system, that was, uh, it's a chaosium thing. Yeah. And so we've encountered it before at, uh, at, uh, at Stormbringer. Mm -hmm. But super modified, to the point where it's hard to tell we're looking at the same game. Yes. Uh, honestly, I think this one, the modifications on it are a little bit better. Uh, definitely. And, I, is... and by a little bit, I mean way better. Uh, yeah, here's the problem with this game. Other than kind of making fun of the shrinking violet tone of the author, there's not much mean we can say here. Well, this is this is fine. I mean, let's, let's get into what it actually has. There are five stats. Yes. Uh, you've got your size, your strength, your dexterity, your willpower. And appearance. I and think. appearance, yes, yeah. that's right. And, but no intelligence. You'll notice uh, no intelligence, no wisdom. Those are not relevant statistics. No, because You're most of those are going to be taken up pretty much within like uh, personality and, and yeah. virtue traits. So the basic stats range between 1 and 20, because the whole game is the D20 roll-under system. Yeah, I mean, the uh, each person you play you have to choose where you're from and different cultures have different cultural maximums yes which are usually between like uh 16 18 and 21 generally yeah, yeah. and wherever you're from will usually give you a bonus to one of your statistics so for example all of the starting knights that you can play as using the basic character creation system one of which by the way is named default <laughs> uh, it's awesome uh 
they are all from the Simric region, and as a result, they all have a plus three to their constitution. Yeah. So, you know, depending on where you're from or what you're doing, you'll see uh, a change in your stats and then whatever your max stats are. Mm -hmm. There are bonus points you can get that can take them above whatever the max is, but it's uh, very difficult to get. Yes. So. Well, you can get them through, like, magic boons and what have you. Or or glory points. Yeah, glory points or the winter phase. Well, the winter phase is just when you spend shit like that. Yeah. So the winter... Well, well let's not get there yet. No. So stats range between 1 and 20. There are also 10 paired sets of personality traits that are known as the virtues. Yeah, and depending on what your religion is... Yes, your religion and, in some cases, your region... Uh, will control which five of those ten sets of paired virtues are the core... Vir no, I'm sorry, which five abilities out of the... or f five virtues out of those 20 total virtues are the core virtues... Of your religion. For your religion. Yeah, so uh, if you manage to get, uh, say, all of your traits that you'd normally say are, these are the things I do. So my traits are all about, like, I'm energetic and generous and just and merciful and modest and valorous. Mm -hmm. uh, then if all of them are at a 16 or greater, they go up to 25. Yeah. Uh, then you get bonuses on all of your nonsense. Yes. Now, uh, the way that these work is that they are paired. So, for example, uh, piety is going to be paired with, like, impiety or sacrilege or whatever their other word for piety is. Well, yeah, pious is worldly is the other one. Okay, so it's actually not an opposite. That's That's kind of cool. But uh, but most of them are things like generous and selfish or honest, deceitful, things like that. Yeah. So when you build those, what you do is you put a number less than 20 on one side and then the difference between that number and 20 on the other side. Yeah. So if you have a 16 generosity, then you have a four selfishness. Yeah. And once you hit 20 or above in one of those things, the other one's just a zero. It's not like you've got a negative whatever. Right. So uh, you can only have one of them at 16 or higher to start play. Uh, you choose one stat or one virtue at any point and elevate it to 16. The rest are all going to be somewhat lower unless you build your character in an unusual fashion. Yeah. Uh, but so, you automatically get at least one 16 somewhere to give your character kind of a point of interest. Yeah, and these are uh, mostly ways to uh, direct your role-playing. Like, there are some roles that you'll make that use these virtues for things, so... You know, say you're in an adventure and you come across a sexy pagan ritual happening, you might have to roll chaste to not join in or something like that. <laughs> oh, no, hey. that's straight up in one of the adventures in the back. Hey, y'all, we're playing Twister. <laughs> Hang Ooh. on, let me roll on this. Let's see, I'm from Salt Lake, so I've got a 15. And, oh, nope, failed it. Yeah, let me Ooh. get that right-hand green. Woo, right-hand green. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, them pagan rituals. Who's got the twister oil? Ah, <laughs> oh, the twister oil. <laughs> twister oil is uh, definitely Popeye's worst kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, so you you have those stats, and then I believe there's another set of... Yeah, there are passions. Thank you. Okay. Passions are sort of like in uh, the Exalted Third Ed, sort of the, the ties or whatever that you have. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Your, your connections. Yeah, so you'll have... Every knight, because you're almost assuredly going to be a knight, you can be a magic user in this, but it very heavily wants you to not be. Yeah, basically every time it, it says, by the way, you can be a magic user, that's chapters 15 and 16, it's kind of like, 
Grover in the monster at the end of this book about it. <laughs> it's like coming soon. They'll be the magic users. Oh, I dare to. Th- I dare to think of it. Yeah. So for the knights, all of them start with uh, loyalty to whatever your lord is mm-hmm. as one of your passions. You have to do that. Uh, you usually also have, if you have any family, you'll have like uh, love for your wife or whatever, protection for your kids or something like that. Yes. Uh, if you're also like a high-ranking knight, not just you know one of the crappier knights, then you you'll probably <laughs> not have... one of your crappier knights. Oh yeah, because there are knights that are straight up just like, what are you? Oh, I'm super poor and I just live at my lord's house, and you're basically the couch surfing knight. I am cirrhosis of liver. <laughs> It's just one of the crappier nights. <laughs> and but you know, as if you own land or have anything like that, you're usually gonna have, you know, uh like an obligation to your people or whatever it is. Right. But then you can also get a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, granted, it's not that easy to make a night that starts with some land. Like most of the nights you're gonna start with are like, Oh yeah, I uh I have a house or whatever, but mostly if I need to do anything, I have to go get my armor from my dad my dad knight boss <laughs> who owns my armor. Well yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, roles in this to randomly determine what your background is, what your dad is doing, what yeah. your mom's doing, what I'm, your lord is doing. This is a situation where I'm really looking forward to the bonus content episode because we are going to be at it for like a day. Oh, yeah, because it is just a million roles to be like, all right, let's find out what happened in your grandfather's past. I think the only problem with it is that n- the, uh, the odds are so stacked for things that it's like, there are about a million random rolls you make, but the odds that you come out the other side is I'm from some little chunk of southern England. I'm a I'm a knight. My dad was a knight. He gave me his armor and then he died. Is like ninety nine percent. Yeah, most of the rolls in here will be like one to two. Something crazy happened. Three to five. Something slightly less crazy happened. Six to twenty. The normal thing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. Like nothing at all. Stupid, Nothing at all. Stupid, sexy Arthur. I, the uh, the the thing is, when you look at this, like there's a ninety nine percent chance your character is a Roman Catholic. Yeah, then you're supposed to be excited when the one percent is you're an Occitanian or you're a Jew. Yeah, because you can be like a Wotan. Yeah, like one of them Saxon guys. You can be. You can be Pictish. Yeah, you can be a Pict. You can be a Jew. You can. You can be a Celt. Yeah. So Although I can, think Celts are still just magic types. Yeah, uh, it's it's just you can be weird pagans. Yeah, but mostly you're probably gonna be Christian. Grant, well, you probably want to be anyway because let's face it, the pagans in this book are described as like small and slight and and dirty and no one likes them. <laughs> so, uh, hey, well, it's just like in real life, eh? Yeah, fuck you, Wiccans. <laughs> <laughs> are Wiccans an okay group for us to make fun of? I don't remember where they are on the rule page. I don't know. I know enough of them that it doesn't matter. <laughs> No, it's cool. I'm friends with some Wiccans, you guys. I've got I've got friends that are Wiccans. Let me post a tweet that's got all of my Wiccan friends. <laughs> oh, like and retweet if it's okay for John to hate Wiccans. <laughs> uh, I don't. How could you hate a Wiccan? They're just like, hi, I like nature and stuff, and I've got an altar. I'm like, great. You are the least annoying religious person ever. Well, what if they said blessed be at you? Uh, that depends on how often. Okay. <laughs> okay. Only- like if like if I go, hey, uh, I'm getting a soda. You want something? Oh, thanks. Blessed be. I'd be like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, mote it be that you could get me Dr Pepper. Uh, forsooth. Uh, <laughs> I shall burn a black candle until your return. <laughs> I've got all this sage. <laughs> Wait. 
Are you cool with that one? Is that a cool? Is that a cool dude? Is that a cool person to be with? Also, he's got a man bun. How you? How you feeling about him at this point? Oh well, that ruined it. Up until then. Up until that point, I was fine. All right. So okay, you. There, there are multiple ways to make characters in this game. There's the basic system, which is the book goes through and recommends, uh, which basically will generate for your enjoyment a Christian knight from the Salisbury. from Salisbury. Or there's the advanced system where you'll get a knight from who knows where, but it's probably like Salisbury or yeah. The, the beginning one is pretty much just Kent. There's like five knights you can kind of pick from, and then you roll, and you get a slight variation for each of them. But it's, yeah. Pretty much the same. The advanced is you actually get to make your character. Uh, and you can, I mean, if you pick, you get to have just weird shit if you want to. You're like, yo, I'm a Spanish Muslim knight, and I'm here to do adventures. Except it specifically calls that out in the book of like, hey, you know, maybe that might exist, but please please don't. That wouldn't be very Arthurian if yeah. everyone was doing that. That's The author pops right back in. Oh, he's like the world's saddest clippy. <laughs> like every, I see, I see you're making a French Jew. Did you, did you mean a Salisbury Brit man? Oh no! Hey, have you, uh, if you would like help recreating the exact Mort d'Arthur, except you don't play as Arthur or Lancelot or anything, you play as some guy with a good name but not a name like Frodo, then click here, please. please huh? Oh, oh no! You've given your knight a lightsaber. I, uh, something went wrong. <laughs> Yeah, the the whole idea of you get so many options because there are a ton. Like, yeah, I'd say uh, most of the book is given up to locations and mm-hmm. religion options and all of these crazy nonsense things you can do. But the book really wants you to be like, yo, I put in like a hundred pages of stuff for this. Please use these ten. Yes, no, it's 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 almost like he wrote most of the book at gunpoint. Huh. And then later got out of that situation, but it was too late to unpublish most of the book. I honestly feel it was, technically, this exists in the world, so I have to put it in, yeah. but I don't want to for fear that someone will misuse it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. I mean, it, it's a very fascinating section of the uh, section of time in the world. It's, I mean, we're, we're talking about a game that's set in like 500 AD. So when they're talking about foreigners, they mean people from Ireland. Yeah. Because how are you going to like ever even get to India? You don't know. Yeah. So, so it's it's kind of a neat setting, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to give this book a lot of credit. This book is a very great example of a game that figured out the rules it needed in order for you to play a King Arthur-type knight, and then just put those in exactly and stop there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, like when you are rolling randomly for all your nonsense and you get your stuff, depending on like what type of knight you are, or what mm-hmm. your dad did, or whatever is going to give you a different amount of points to spend on your skills, because this, of course, does have a skill system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say for it, it's not crazy. There's like, I don't know, 20 skills, so well, it doesn't go overboard. Well, it's like 500 AD. People didn't know how to do anything back then. Oh, yeah, and even some of the skills in there are still just like, wow, okay, you've got like an entire skill for basket weaving or whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's got a reasonably decent skill system. Uh, there's things like falconry fishing, uh, stuff like that. I mean, granted, a lot of them are considered low skills, and so your your character probably shouldn't even do them. Well, yeah, so depending on what your background is, uh, you'll get some bonuses to something. So it might be like, oh, I was a peasant before I became a knight or whatever, so I actually know a lot of uh, like flirting and uh, intrigue and 
playing the loot or whatever the hell. <laughs> but I'm surprised flirting is buried in the peasant system. I guess that's because flirting is the shitty way to be all romantic, romantic well, at each other. Because amour is the good one. Well, flirting is the I'm not trying to actually sex you up. It's just I'm trying to flirt with you. Well, so is amour though, because the whole thing is like you can have an amour relationship with some other dude's wife. Well, yeah. Well, amour is a passion. Yeah. And flirting is the skill. Okay, fair enough. But the the skills you'll get, you'll get some from whatever your background is, and then like usually between 15 to 30 points to spend in skills. Right. Uh, you also get whatever your family's known skill is. Yes. So it'll be like, my family is known for their horsemanship. I have plus five to horsemanship. And I can only be blocked by creatures that have horsemanship. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> magic. <laughs> yeah, or... Uh, you might be one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, my family is super known for heraldry, and we've got plus 10 to heraldry, <laughs> whatever. It, it's weird. The You pass this down as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have a kid, they just automatically get whatever your family's bonus skill is. So it's something that you are known for, and regardless of what else is going on, like everyone in your family gets this bonus. My family is known for double strike. We get to attack once during the first strike phase, <laughs> and then again during the regular phase. Oh, my family is known for shadow. We're <laughs> weird, and no one uses us. <laughs> I'm going to pick the ones that are just the worst. Uh, my family is known for... Uh, Banding. <laughs> Banding, which seems like it'd be a really popular one in, oh, <laughs> in yeah. this Arkan era. Yeah, mine's known for phasing. I'm probably a wizard. <laughs> Sometimes I'm here. I'm my family's known for buyback. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you get that. You'll get all of your skills and whatnot on your sheet, and that's again the same thing as your stats. You're generally gonna go up to twenty. Usually, you're not gonna have anything much higher than a fifteen or sixteen, and it's all a roll under. Yeah. Now, one of the things that makes this game fascinating is that because you're supposed to be playing like knights from the round table era it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that you'd spend your time like raiding a tomb full of hobgoblins so adventuring is a very uh, well it's a very specific system there are multiple things you could be doing maybe you're going to a fancy party and you're supposed to woo lady guinevere for a while or well yeah it's all arthurian knight stuff so it's like i'm going on a hunt or i'm going on a quest for some item or I'm answering a call for aid for some place to fight some Picts or something. I have to go into the cemetery. While I'm in the cemetery, I'm going to find a rooster key. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Wait, no. What? I'm not finding the, like, key of clubs, and I'm walking around some mansion. <laughs> this ain't Resident Evil. <laughs> you know, it's definitely not, because it's Monkey Island. No. <laughs> Hey, what's a girl like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> the answer is trying to avoid guys like you. <laughs> so uh, anyway, y- the adventures are interesting uh, because they're they're adventures like you would see in the in the legends. So it's stuff like a, a great and terrifying lion with a, with two bodies and one head has been sighted in Pevensey. <laughs> you must sally forth, but first you have to go to a big castle and get your stuff. Yeah, a lot of this is. I mean, because it's fucking 500 AD, getting anywhere takes forever and then getting back and doing the quest. So the reason it's every adventure is a year is because 
it's going to take your knight a year to even try to do something. Well, it's not just that, but it's also that your your character has like a real job and stuff. Oh yeah, like so your character owns land or, or owns or guards land and has to raise a family and has to protect a bunch of peasants all the time and needs to collect taxes. So he's only got like six months a year to go off on adventures, and that's the one adventure he gets to do a year. Oh yeah, well I mean even then you've got obligations to your lord. So if you're like, oh uh, some other lord wants me to go do a thing and he's gonna you know, offer some reward. You're like, okay, you can do that. But if then your liege lord is like, nah, bro, I need you to do this, you have to do it. Yes. So, nah, bro, I need you to pick up this this cherry with your butt cheeks. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you were cool, you'd do it. <laughs> uh, the weird thing about the skill system and uh, the rolling for that is, unlike a standard just roll under, this has... A compared uh, success ratio if you're doing against someone. So it's, if I succeed and you fail, great, uh, I succeed. Uh-huh. If we both fail, then we both fail. If I if we both succeed, then we have to check who succeeded by the highest roll while still succeeding. Right. It's like, it's basically uh, Price, price is right rules. rules. Yeah. <laughs> so a critical success is succeeding while rolling a 20. Okay. So if you can manage to get modifiers or whatever such that you can roll a 20 and still succeed, yeah, then you can have a critical success and nonsense happens. Mm-hmm. Uh and if you but if you roll a 20 and fail, then it's a fumble. Right. One of my favorite things in this book is how the character sheet looks. Cuz the character sheet needs to have very specific information for playing as an Arthurian knight and not for other things. Yeah. So there's a whole section that describes your character's starting 3 to 5 horses. Yeah. Like, your character has multiple suits of fine clothing that each one of them needs to be detailed and described. <laughs> you need to have a drawing of your cool shield with all of its heraldic symbols and its ordinaries and its bannerets. And well, what of it- course you do. That's, yeah. like, one of the biggest things of being a knight is having your heraldry and whatnot. I mean, granted, the heraldry from, you know, the actual legends is almost universally boring. Uh. It's always like, oh, Percival, he had purple stripes on a silver background. Great. All right. Did he have a cool thing on there? No! Okay. What about uh, what about Lancelot? He had a star quartered. <laughs> okay. I mean, these are wrong, by the way. I don't remember what they actually are. Yeah. So, so if anyone out there is currently exploding because I don't remember Lancelot's shield, I apologize, and I shouldn't have made one up. I, I you know what? I think it's actually a picture of Lancelot, like howling at the moon or something. Oh yeah, that's definitely it. Isn't that? Am I wrong? Is it not Lancelot's? Isn't Lancelot's shield Lancelot holding a shield with Lancelot holding a shield on it? Yeah, it's it's Lancelot's all the way down. <laughs> I honestly never even remember which one's which. I, I don't know which knight does what. What's Boar's? Is Boar's a big heavy knight? Uh, maybe. Is he the Porthos of knights? He's he's Boar's Deganus. Okay. Of Ganus. Wait, Boar's Deganus? Are you sure he's not like a dreadlord from World of Warcraft? <laughs> oh, maybe he is. <laughs> I don't know. So I never remember anything about these knights. And and because the book doesn't want you to play as them, but merely to play in their august presence, Yeah, you don't learn all that much about them either. There's a whole chapter on what's going on with Arthur. Well, of course. And Arthur is... He's one of those, like, oh, you have a glory stat in this, and, you know, once you get to, like, a thousand, you're an actual knight, and... You know, King Arthur has like a hundred thousand, and it's impossible to ever get there. If you got to eight thousand, you'd be 
one of the most famous knights ever. One of my favorite things you can roll on in the uh, random stuff about what your family did table is your grandfather witnessed him pulling the sword out of the stone. Uh-huh. And then you can either roll he was actually there and watched him pull the sword out of the stone, which is worth like a tremendous amount of glory. Or he was there one of the other times Arthur pulled the sword out of the stone, <laughs> which suggests, I, I guess, that like for ceremony's sake, Arthur routinely walks back out there, puts the sword back in the stone, waits a couple of minutes, and then pulls it out again. He's like, na-na. Ta-da, look at that. Once every six months, people, try the pepper steak. Tip your waitress. Yeah, the... And you still get glory for that, though. I feel like at that point, I should get glory for going to medieval times. <laughs> of course you do. I am at medieval times. I have received thirty glory. My team was rooting for the blue knight who won tonight. I received forty glory. Uh, yeah the the glory system in this is interesting because it's almost XP, mm-hmm. but it's its own separate thing. Yes. Basically, glory is how well regarded you are, like how well known you are. Yeah, and for every thousand points of glory. You get a bonus point to put somewhere. So you mm-hmm. can raise a stat, you can raise a skill, you can do whatever you want with it for mm-hmm. putting a point into something. Yeah. Uh, but I like that you do start with 10% of your dad's glory. Yeah, generally you'll have a thousand something because just becoming a knight gives you a thousand glory. Yeah, so right off the bat you start with a thousand glory with a bonus, I think, 50 glory if you jump on directly onto your horse after being knighted. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see that? That there's like a, a oh, there's a whole table of dumb crap yeah. you can do that but, will give you some bonus glory but, to start. But I guess it's ceremonial the moment you are knighted to jump without help onto your horse, huh! which is worth glory. Great. Uh, so that's the glory system. The XP system works like a lot of uh, games that we have done, which. When you use an ability and it was particularly useful or interesting, you put a check mark next to it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the uh, adventure during the winter phase, which is where all of the uh, glory nonsense and this and everything else happens, if you roll above whatever your skill number is, then you put a point into it. And uh, if you get to 20... Or more, you can still get a point if you roll a 20 up to, like, 25. Right. Uh, But that's, it's just, you get a check mark. It's the same thing, actually, for your uh, virtues as well. So if you're like, oh, I was particularly valorous this game, you might get a check mark next to it. And then you have to roll and see if you get another point in valor. Right. I really like a lot of the aspects of this game. I like that you start with, like, a whole retinue of people who have to hang around with you. Oh, yeah. So every character is like, oh, I've got a squire and a cook and a troubadour, and each one of them is walking with my horses because I have a rouncy and a charger and a cart horse and a donkey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hang you on now. Donkey. There's a donkey. I feel like huh. that. Oh, my God. John, is it time for donkey talk? What? Gonna ride that donkey, donkey, down to the honky tonky. It's gonna get funky, funky. Welcome to Donkey Talk, the podcast that's all about donkeys, where we discuss donkeys and donkey-related issues. I'm Jeff. Wait, hey, John, can we do characters? No, no characters. Come on, let me, let me, let me just do Why? it. I want to be a donkeyologist. A donkeyologist. Yeah, I don't want you to be. Uh, okay, 
Hang on, let's work this. Let's workshop this. John, you're going to be Professor Barnabas Donkey, Professor of Applied Donkey. Applied Donkey. Yes, you're a Professor of Applied Donkey. I'm a Professor of Applying myself then. Well, you I mean, your last name is Donkey, that's true. Yeah. But it's it's spelled D O N space Q U I. <laughs> Donkey. Don't don't pronounce it incorrectly. I already told you how to pronounce it. Your name is Barnabas Donkey. <laughs> I don't understand why this is complicated for you, uh, professor. It's your name. Professor. <laughs> We're doing character work now. Yay. No. No. Oh. I refuse. <laughs> but I'm a donkeyologist. In my professional opinion, as a donkeyologist, I think you've got donkeys. Uh, as a professor of applied donkey, you're being an ass. <laughs> See? See, uh. you're doing it. You're, you're, you're flying on the wings of a donkey. <laughs> now, let's apply that donkey. <laughs> what are we talking about today on Donkey Talk, Professor? Uh, hey, what would you rather have pulling a, a cart, a donkey or a horse? Oh, well, gee, that depends on the cart and the angle of incidence and if I am going to a fair or market. Wrong. It's a donkey. Oh, is it just a donkey? It's a donkey. It's always a donkey? Yeah, I, I apply them to carts. <laughs> carts. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good night. Gonna ride that donkey, donkey, down to the honky donkey. It's gonna get funky, funky. Welcome back. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can you can use a donkey in this game if you want, or a mule, or a cart horse, or a nag. Just a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of horses because your character is going to own five or six horses like right away. Oh yeah, you got a whole bunch of stuff that you own. Yeah, uh, a lot of land, a lot of uh, like peasants and servants and whatever under you. But then you've also got like people you answer to for your lord, and uh, you'll usually also have like levels to that depending on what type of knight you are so you might be like oh i've got a knight that's above me because he's got more glory and then i've got his lord that i'm also a vassal to and then the king that he is a lord beneath and all that yeah and you can always roll the chance that you yourself are the child of a king or whatever what's amusing is you can roll high enough in in uh statistics for for who you report to and like what your rank is that you have to be the dungeon master (laughs) It's possible for you to roll so high that you have to take turns being the DM of the game. A oh, lol. It's all in the, the secondary like rolling. It's really hard. It's, it's very unlikely it would happen because it's all just random rolls. But if your character is like the son of the king, then you are obligated to run the game from time to time. Huh. Oh, man. That, that's got to suck if you're one of the players who's like, sweet, I can't wait to play in this awesome Arthurian thing. I randomly rolled Game Master? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the game master's standing there with a big pile of ideas. Oh, I'm going to have them hunt a bear, and then I'm going to have them hunt a snake, and then I'm going to have them go to a party. And then he rolls up, and he's like, yo, half of this shit is mine. Hey, uh, roll up some dumb knight. It's uh, it's my responsibility to run this session, so... Uh, I guess it. you're my squire. L- look, a bunch of knights named Frodo and Exxon are invading from... Junglesburg. From Junglesburg, which is in space. There you go. <laughs> Space Knights are coming in, and they're coming in hard. <laughs> and uh, and also, Donkey Applied uh, applied Science is going to cross-attack. 
Uh, yeah, that's really got to suck for a player to be like, oh, man, I don't want to run this shit. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't even read the Game Master section of this. I don't know what I'm, well, I'm it, about. Well, it doesn't matter. You're the son of the king, and as the son of the king, did Arthur have any kids? Uh, man, I can't. He... I mean, it seems like that'd be a really important part of the of the lore, wouldn't it? You'd think. I mean, I think there are some legends that occasionally like try to imply that Mordred was his actual like illegitimate son. Okay. But as far as I can remember, no. By the way, we just took a bathroom break, and I can now confirm that Lancelot's shield is not whatever I was describing it as earlier. It's just candy cane. Yeah, it's just a barber pole. He just has a barber pole shield. Other shields on there are clearly breaking the rules of shield design, which makes me kind of sad because when you read through the heraldric shield design, which is a whole chapter, yes, there's there's like, oh, you can't have a color touching another color. A color can only touch a metal. And it's like, but this guy just has black and white checkerboard. What the fuck? What was that? Black metal? Is that what that is? Yes. No, it's death metal. It's death metal. My my shield is uh, white and death metal squares. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, well, I mean, that, that'd be an, a knight if you were from, like, Sweden. You'd have, <laughs> you'd have some black metal. I'm a Norwegian knight, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of my heraldric design is a thing where you can't tell if it's just a jagged set of, uh, shapes or a name. Yeah. Looks like maybe some barbs, possibly the name Asberg. <laughs> something in there. Something's like, does that say Mord, Mordrific? Tertian? What? Mord, Putrid, Putrication? What, what, what are we looking at here? Is it? Wait a minute, is that grave fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's grave fuck. That's my character, sir. Uh, John, uh, you just figured it out sir for me. Sir grave fuck. Sir grave of fuck <laughs> is going to be my <laughs> going to be my dude. Great. Um I'm excited to meet Sir Grave do fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, because the lady of the fuck gave him a sword. Yeah, obviously. Of course. What it's sword was that, by the way? That was Excalibur. Sex Caliber. That was Excalibur. All right. So, wait. So Excalibur is the sword that's pulled from the stone, right? Yep. Okay, so he pulls it from a rock, and then later it gets into the hands of a lady who keeps it in a lake? Yep. Well, the, the ladies of the lake are an entire organization. Okay, so there's a bunch of ladies in a lake. Like and that, have... that happens in the magic oh. section where you find out what the ladies of the lake are all about. No, they about. tell you all about it. They have their own city that's under the lake. Yeah. We they... also talk about the magic section. Why not? Yeah, there's so... there's a whole bunch of enchantresses and shit down there. Yeah, so but so what's the, what's the sword's arc? Like, okay, so it's in a rock. I I honestly can't even tell what's going on with that because, like, a bunch of different stories have different things where, oh, he got Excalibur from the stone, or no, he got it from the Lady of the Lake, or he got it from the Lady of the Lake and then lost it and then got it back. <laughs> but in the meantime, someone had cast it up in a rock for fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, again, I... I don't know shit about this Arthur legend. If you want to, if you want to know the plot of Excalibur the movie, I am on it. But otherwise, <laughs> all right. Let me see if I can break this down for our listeners at home. So Merlin turns himself and Arthur into a squirrels. Oh yeah, some squirrels. Then there's this lady squirrels. And then yeah, lady squirrels are like hitting on him and stuff until eventually Arthur, or, uh, Merlin can't take it anymore, and he's like, "Madam, I am not a squirrel." <laughs> and then there's a really hungry wolf. Yeah, and then there's Mad Madam Mim. Yeah, Mad Madam Mim is an important character. And then Kay and Pers and, and uh, I, I forget the other one. Uh, but yeah, there's some more knights there that are like, yeah, and Kay shall be the squire. Yeah, right? That's yeah. all. That's uh, King Arthur. Right? I think I'm up to speed now. Yeah. Yeah, and also there's fish people. Also fish people. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's the, uh, 
And that's been us free associating the contents of the 1965 or so Lord, or, uh, King Arthur movie. There you go. The Sword in the Stone, which does not have a lady in the lake in it. No. No ladies, no lakes. No ladies. Well, there's ladies, but they're squirrels. Ladies. Or Mad Madam Mim, but she's no lady, let me assure you. <laughs> oh, that's no lady. That's my wife. <laughs> Do you think that's uh, that's supposed to be the implication of that movie? Is that at some point in the past, Mim, Mim and uh, Merlin used to get down? Probably. I mean, I don't know if that movie. I think he, to... in the book it says, "I think he used to get down with like Vivian, which was a lady of the lake." Oh, nice. Well, I'd like to think that he was pretty much getting down on this Mad Madam Mim lady. Oh yeah, the two of them were hooking it up. Well, she could turn in whatever they she wants, so yeah. you know. And Archimedes was totally watching. Yeah, he was like hoot hoot. <laughs> Pin feathers. <laughs> uh, so the the magic in this, the book really doesn't want you to do it. And even if you decide, okay, well, fuck you, book. I am going to be a wizard. Uh, you have sort of the same idea as being a knight. You've got a whole bunch of shit to roll on. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, oh, but what sort of like thing did you come from? Were you a peasant or were you... Like the son of a noble that then ran off to go be a wizard or some shit. And you can choose a variety of different types of wizard you would like to be. So you can be things like an enchantress or a druid or a pagan or a, a priest. Uh, yeah, basically it it splits it just into you are a pagan caster or you are a Christian caster. Yeah. It'll The bonuses to certain... Because the spells work just like skills. Yes, they do. It'll be like, I have a plus 12 to necromancy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but if you're... A like an enchantress, and you might have a bonus to glamour, right? But a druid would have bonus to like animal companion. I found it amusing that this book's got a, a like a, a call out or a Chiron banner on the cover that's like now with Celtic magic, and then Celtic magic is like one sentence in there that's like also Celts had magic. Yeah, I mean, all it is is just hey, you pick a place to be from and i guess we just added you could be celtic and then gave you a bonus to some stuff and that was it yeah it's not because this doesn't have a spell list it'll be uh sort of determined by the gm like if you want to do a minor effect it might only cost you 20 life force points which is the big weird thing in this is uh you have different Values, depending on if you're pagan or Christian, the same thing as a knight. You have six of them underlined, and if you uh, have a 16 or plus in all of your various magic abilities, uh -huh. you double the level of magic you can channel. Yes. So, like, normally you might be like, oh, I can only channel up to, like, 75, but if you get it up, then you're like, oh, I just bounce to 150. Right. Right. So, you, can, you have to pay for spells in aging, uh, long periods of rest... And ex like expelling of your own life force in a lot of situations. So, I mean, your options are either you prepare beforehand, which is like you spend weeks trying to get materials together and do rituals and whatnot, mm -hmm. and you pay for it before, or after you cast it, you then have to pay with either sleeping for a shitload of time or just aging. Yeah, notably Merlin is gone throughout the course of this book. Like, there's no stats for him or anything. And the reason you don't really get to know much about him is because he did something big a while back, and he's been he's just been slumbering for, for like, years. Yeah, the whole point of it is, like, magic is uh, taking something from the other side, mm -hmm. like where fairies live. And then if you do that, then you have to spend time sleeping where your brain goes over to the other side, and then you serve them for a period of time. I thought you just rocketed off to Bermuda. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Again, I've only seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> the uh... All spells are cast by saying, Hockety, pockety, wockety, whack, <laughs> prestidigitoliac. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> Try and t- tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you are wrong. Oh, oh I succeeded I in doing Higginous, it. Piggitus. <laughs> <laughs> the, the magic system as well is just, you have a couple D20s for life force. Uh-huh. Uh, you get you have to roll them to see how much you can get, and then depending on where you are in the world, there is ambient life force you can draw from. Every time you say life force, I'm just sad that Toby Hooper just died. Oh, it's just every Aww. time you're just like, and then life force. And I'm like, oh, naked space vampire. Oh, see, all I think about with life force is the fucking the, Nintendo uh, game the Contra sequel. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gla- uh, Gladius or Gradius. Gradius, sequel. yes, it's yeah. the third one, I believe. Yeah, it's a Gradius, Gradius two, life force. Yeah. Life Force was a friggin' bomb-ass game, oh, God, by the way. God, it was way. so good. It was so good. <laughs> way better than the magic system in this. <laughs> yeah, the uh, so the magic is... There's always usually at least one D20, like even if you're in a wasteland or something. Right. And then Holy Sites will have either five or six D20 you can roll. Mm. And then it's got a whole system for like, are you on a ley line? Is it an equinox? Are you doing a thing on a high holy day? Let me ask you this. How many extra life force points can you get if you're a holy diver and you've been lost too long on a midnight sea? Well, uh, midnight and you're holy, uh, technically you don't get anything because midnight is only for pagans. So if you're holy, you're a Christian. That's a good point. So you'd have to be waiting for one of the holy days. Oh, okay. Well, let me, let me, let me sweeten the deal for you. I'm riding a tiger. I can see his stripes, but I know he's clean. Oh, well, then you're definitely pagan then, because if you're riding a tiger, then yeah, yeah, you've got no. an animal companion. Yes, and he's clean. Yeah, so you're probably some kind of druid. I'm a druid. Yeah, uh, let's obviously. assume I'm a druid, but I'm a holy druid for yeah. S- somehow. Yeah, you're a holy druid. That's fine. Yeah. You're like uh, like St. Patrick or some shit. Can I get away with this? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's a Dio joke. We're done now. Yeah, we're done with the Dio jokes. <laughs> no, wait. I've got more. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Can I cast a spell more efficiently if there's a rainbow in the dark? (laughs) Done. All right, I'm good. I'm all set. So you decide what you want to cast. Depending on how ridiculous the effect is, it'll cost you a certain amount of points. Mm. I think the highest you can get up to is like 250. Right. Which is one of the things is like uh, religious miracles. And if you're like straight up, yo, I want to just raise someone from the dead or create a mountain or do weird crazy shit that only like super miracles could do it's 250 Mm -hmm. usually it hovers around the like 20 to 50 for a regular and up to about 100 or so for a medium yeah i'm sorry john i I would love to stay with you on this conversation but i'm I'm down a rabbit hole now trying to figure out what the fuck holy diver is about uh you know just dio stuff just dio stuff just dio things (laughs) just dio things it's just a big old gif and nothing but like tigers and unicorns and rainbows <laughs> it's basically just lisa frank with a black background yeah it's lisa frank that has been decolored <laughs> it's black and white lisa frank just dio things just dio things <laughs> i still i don't know what holy diver is about You've been no one does i don't think dio did pretty sure he was real high <laughs> okay all right thanks that's all i needed i can come back now i'm ready to walk back to the show good uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the, the magic. The problem is even if you are like, oh yeah, I want to be a wizard in this type of thing. The book is very much like, yo, wizards don't get to do fireballs or anything. Yeah. Don't even try that. You're, you're basically just going to be 
like at best, maybe turning into a bear for an hour. Uh, and at worst, you're a hedge wizard. That's like, Hey, I can give you like plus five to your first aid roll. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Good. Would you care to stroll among my pissy trees? <laughs> Dare you enter my magical realm? <laughs> so uh, can you play a piss wizard in this game, John? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. Uh, and well, ma- then I will graciously let the show pass unpissed. Yeah. Uh, unless uh, like you want to get rid of all of your stuff and create a permanent item of magic, mm-hmm. you could create, a, I guess, a piss potion? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say it has to be any specific liquid. Hey, no pots. <laughs> <laughs> Let's piss on the piss potion. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just completely free associating at this point. I don't know. Probably because this book was boring. Uh, the thing is, I'm going to give this book like this solid recommend because it's very good at what it is. I just don't care about what it is. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the magic system. Yeah. So it's got an interesting magic system, and again, the magic system is barricaded on both sides by a whinging, pleading author begging you not to use it. That and the, I mean, the actual effects itself are boring. Hey man, if you wanted to cast a spell and you hadn't already spent a month trying to get it together, like you go adventure with some knight, then you're probably going to go, oh cool, that was a fun adventure. Anyway, I fall asleep immediately. Yeah, if you'd like to run a wizard, you're basically saying, okay, I'd like to ignore about three quarters of what this game is about, which is, you know, identifying heraldic shields and making eyes at, at comely maidens. And in exchange for that, at the end of the adventure, I would like to create a trickle of water from a rock. Yeah, it's... They also get their own glory mechanic. Like, they also insight, have glory, yeah. but they have insight as well, which gets them more uh, magic power. Yeah. So after that, there's... Well, there's a whole bunch of sections in this book that we haven't even talked about yet. There is an ungodly amount of little location descriptions that we just aren't going to bother covering. No, because we really don't need to be like... All right, and there are 50 knights and 200 standing army men, and the average export is wheat. Also, the people there all enjoy falconry. They're, they are a Simric slash Ossetanian land. It's the sort of stuff that's like important to put in the book, I guess, but Lord knows when you've got to read the book in a week, it, it is... Uh, oh, it's, it's just nonsense that you don't care about. Cause yeah. Like, yeah, if you make your night and you're like, oh, it turns out I'm from this section of Britain and I've never heard of it. Yeah. All right, I'll flip to that area and find out what my shit is all about in that zone. What are you all about, peevens upon the nonce? (laughs) Yeah. What are you all about, shenanigans upon Avon? (laughs) Shenanigans upon Avon. It's uh, it's just a restaurant with crazy crap on the walls where Shakespeare was born. Uh, yeah, Shakespeare was born in a TGI Fridays. <laughs> There's a huge vagina on the wall, and once an hour, a waiter is squeezed through it. Whoa! Whoa! Who ordered the spicy wings? <laughs> uh, I heard it's someone's birthday. <laughs> just covered in placenta. <laughs> it's not placenta, it's donkey sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that, I like that, that that's a, like a thing above it. No. It just says above it, it, this is not placenta, it is donkey sauce. Also, that's that's on every menu at Guy Fieri's restaurants as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know there was some lawsuit that led to that. Huh. Some person sued them. They were like, uh, I think I was at Johnny Garlic's the other day and I ordered the big bucket of meat and cheese and I got some placenta in there. 
Well, no, no that's not placenta. <laughs> that is donkey sauce, sir. Sir. Sir, that's just donkey sauce. I don't know why we're elevating donkey sauce. It's fucking garlic aioli. <laughs> get, your, get your shit together, uh, Guy Fieri, who I assume is probably actually a really nice guy. Probably, maybe. Maybe. It seems like he'd be a cool dude. Yeah. I, I'd probably hang out with him as long as I didn't have to talk to him about cheese. <laughs> uh, that's all I would talk to him about. Are <laughs> you up, kidding me? What's up with you and cheese, Guy Fieri? Hey, Guy Fieri, what's with you and the cheese? <laughs> Oh, man. Ugh. He just seems like he'd be an okay dude. Like, I don't want to hang out with Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay seems like the kind of guy that would, like, have a hit put out on you. Hmm. And Anthony Bourdain seems like the kind of guy that would kick a dog. Anthony Bourdain seems like the kind of guy who would just look down on anything you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> he'd probably have a story about how he met a guy once in northern Spain that does it better. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, what are you doing there? Uh, yeah, you know, in in the Catalan region, there's a guy who makes canned tuna that... $300 a can, it's the best tuna in the universe. <laughs> You've never had its like, and yeah. never will. Yeah, I probably never will. Anyway, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to jet off now to uh, one of the many exotic locations I get to go to and be whiny at. Yeah, I'm going to go to some place, eat some people's food, and then tell them how great it is. <laughs> oh, man, I don't like TV chefs. Whatever happened to Andrew Zimmern? That guy was all right. <laughs> that guy's okay. Andrew Zimmern was my number one guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just like, what are you going to do, Andrew Zimmern? I'm going to eat a gross thing. Okay. Fine with me. How you doing? That's great, Andrew. (laughs) Anyway, uh, why don't we wrap this bad boy up, John? All right, let's do it. So, uh, yeah. What would you say is your favorite thing about uh, King Arthur, Pendragon? So, Pendragon, for me, the best thing in it is the uh, inheritance part of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the idea that the game has a very strong focus on family and ties to things uh it's very much about like oh you need to worry about you know what's going on with your wife what's happening with your kids you know are you gonna have your son be your squire do you have an heir do you have you know uh something to pass on to and then the game lets you be like yo if you want to if your knight gets too old you can just pass on and be your kid who then inherits all your shit i also like that notably you uh cannot become infertile you can lose all kinds of things. You can even die from being too ugly. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you have to, every once in a while, you may have to lose stats in the winter phase as your character gets older. Yeah, every year past 35, you roll to see how you age, and you can lose from zero to four points in stats. Yes, and so, for example, if you were to set your, your uh, looks a little too low at the beginning of the game, if you're like, oh, I'm playing an ugly brute of a knight because he's all lumpy and, and scarred yeah. up and he likes to fight with an axe <laughs> but then you're like but he dies at 35 because he got so ugly oh yeah well the other weird thing is size is one of the things you can lose which means you're like oh i'm 35 years old and i'm six foot three and then you hit age 36 and all of a sudden you're like i'm five five now <laughs> hi guys <laughs> i've got joe pantoliano disease oh that was a weird birthday <laughs> Uh, I was Seinfeld until I turned 35. Now I'm Jason Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but at least the book is like, yeah, that'll be attributed to the evil eye. Yeah, you'll get an elf stroke. <laughs> get that elf stroke. I get that elf stroke. Every, if, elf stroke's 50 bucks in town, though, John. Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you right now. A good elf stroke. If, if you want to go get a massage and then a good elf stroke at the end. You got another right way to suggest that you would like that elf stroke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my favorite thing is the idea that 
not only are you supposed to go out and adventure, but you have like responsibilities and family and things like that. It's it's a very interesting way to handle things. Right. So what's your favorite thing in the book? Uh, my favorite thing in this book is that there is nothing in there that doesn't need to be in there. One of the constant things that we encounter when we review these books is that for whatever reason, it'll be like, this book's about playing in, oh, let's just say a, a neo-futuristic city where everyone's a grimy piece of shit and they're all going to die pretty soon. I'm not picking any book in particular. I'm just, <laughs> this is just the sort of a state of mind that I'm in. Um, yeah. There's all these rules in there that are like have nothing to do with that because they're like, well, RPGs need to have stats for whether or not my character knows how to weave. No, no it doesn't. Well, it'll also need ultra-complicated combat rules for this system that's supposed to just be about grimy realism. No, they don't, but this book doesn't bother with that. The combat system is exactly the right amount of combat system to play as dumb knights. Oh, yeah. The the magic system is exactly boring enough that no one would bother using it. They did, he, did a great, he did a great job with saying, like, I would like people to be able to play Arthurian knights, and then here are the exact things they will require to do so. Yeah. So, I like that. I like that this book, despite being 392 pages long and very full of boring descriptions of Hamlets, is... Uh, you know, it uses economy of scale efficiently. There's nothing in here that didn't need to be in here. Yeah, it, it is very much aware of what it wants to be and is that. Yep, so good on it for that reason. John, what would you say is your least favorite thing about King Arthur Pendragon? Uh, I, it's got to be them Hamlets. No, honestly, I'm going to go with the, uh, the stats and skill system itself. The, the fact that a lot of it is really... Uh, swingy for most things because you'll have maybe one or two skills that are like yo i've got a 17 in this i just don't fail at it often yeah but unfortunately there are a ton of things that you're gonna have maybe a five in yeah those are always a problem it's like your character's supposed to be like this well-trained high echelon of society type person and then you have the a million stats that are like five so you're like oh i can succeed at falconing one quarter of the time yeah because I mean, even if you roll one of the ones that gives you, like, 30 points to spend, which, hey, that's amazing, mm -hmm. you're still looking at, you know, 20 skills to put 30 points in, so you're going to end up with a bunch that just don't have anything in them or more than likely have, like I was saying, just a few points because you're like, oh, I didn't want to put any points into, you know, heraldry, but I get a plus four just from what I rolled. Right. And you're just going to leave it there and have a four in it. It's, uh, and, and the, the fact that you have to, uh, get the experience check to get any points and anything, but if you suck at it, you're never going to get it because no, you have to succeed and you have to succeed and it's something cool. Like you can't just be like, oh, I succeeded at a falconry check when I was at the falconry range. Not that time. It would have to be like, oh, I'm in combat and I'm, or I'm trying to get my falcon to do a thing out in the wild. My loving. Yeah, I know what you're trying to do, and I'm ignoring you. I don't care. I'm still doing it. I know. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is for all the En Vogue fans out there, John. All of them. All, all of our En Vogue fans. All those big fans of En Vogue and us. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would say the actual skill system is a little lacking, but that's where I come down on it. Fair enough. What about you? Worst thing for Pendragon? Uh, I'm going to go, I, I know it's weird because one of the things I like about this book is the functionality of it, that it, it sets out to do a thing and it does it very clearly. I don't like the author's kind of don't do the following things that I give you the rules for tone. Yeah. that's It's a little weird. I mean, w what does this guy care? What does Stafford care if I name my character Frodo and I instead of having him be a knight, I have him be a pizza delivery man? <laughs> how, how am I hurting him? What what happens? 
Well, what's the mechanism by which I'm like, mighty Frodo delivers a pizza unto Mordred with fish on it. And he's like somewhere at home. He's like, oh, no, someone's playing the legend wrong. Yeah, I I mean, I sort of understand if it's a thing that you super love and are into the idea that someone would fuck it up. You're like, please don't fuck up this thing. I like, I don't know, man. But I, the fact that he's never going to find out yeah. is just like, eh. it doesn't. Um, well, we are, you and I literally are currently writing a role-playing game. And the first thing I want to put in there is, is, Hey, if you want to play this a completely different way, I don't care. <laughs> I already have your money. Look, I made this thing. It's, it's there. If you want to do something else with it, that's your prerogative. So, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird sort of tone thing to me. That I, I, it's not like I necessarily disagree with him. I understand his his wish to to help players replicate properly the Arthur's the the Pendragon stories, and the Pendragon stories don't start with a guy whose name I'm Bobo. I want to sing a song. Yeah, like that's not a character in the Knights. No. So I understand if he's like, okay, no one really knows enough about these. So here's some historical background and information and some suggestions. But eventually, you kind of need to let the kid ride the goddamn bike. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I I agree. It's it's a little weird to have that constantly in there. Like, if he had had one sort of admonishment that was like, "Hey, uh, if you want to get the tone of King Arthur, then you know, try to stick to what I've put in this book." Right. But. It's just a constant thing in there. I, my favorite thing, in, or one of my favorite things in here, is when you're reading your way through and there's a little section of the different types of King Arthur stories. Yeah. Where he's like, well, this is the uh, the, the classic. This is the neoclassic. This is the modern version of it. In the modern tellings of Arthur, he knows he has a great destiny. And I'm like, wait, so is there a modern one where he's like a grim cop? No. But no, there isn't. Modern literally means these are the stories that were written by Chaucer. Yeah, it's... Modern in the literature that is modern literature, not a modern setting for yeah. Arthur. I was a little disappointed when I saw modern written down. I was kind of hoping the one right after that would be Space Cops. <laughs> yeah, Space Knights. <laughs> yeah, Space Knights would be the rad as hell way to play this game. Obviously. I am Sir Bors de Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Sir Mars a lot. And I am Persa Mars. They're all from Mars. I, I don't know if I... I don't know if you realize yeah, this yet. About my King Marsther game? Yeah. I, I don't know if that came through yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what, w- would you play this game? Uh, I probably would, actually. If someone wanted to sit down and be like, yo, I'm really into this, I want to play this game, I would give it a shot. It seems interesting enough that I would give it at least a couple of sessions. I, I feel like you would need to give this one a couple of sessions. I, I don't know that it would necessarily build for a good one-shot game. No, and the the thing is, you would have to probably try and take it serious if someone was really into running it. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't be able to do dick-around stuff. You'd have to be like, I am a valorous knight! Oh, I see that you are a witch! I shall put you on trial! <laughs> Martian trial. Ah, oh, yes, you'll get burned at the Martian stake. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're the Knights of the Round Crater. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> it's a really big crater. There's so many knights around this crater. <laughs> oh, we've just described the worst possible game. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait till this bonus content. <laughs> I was planning to do the bonus content like 100% dead seriously. 100%. 100% seriously, John. That was my plan. Totes. Until such time as I roll any die and it comes up goofy and then I just roll with that. Yeah. So that's. 
But yeah, okay. Uh, I also would probably sit down and play like three sessions of this because it seems like such a weird world, and I'd like to, I'd like to feel the passion that the author clearly has for this setting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. That's the thing. I'm going to give this book a solid recommend. It's a neat book. It's fu- it's worth reading. From what I understand, this is the last one where he even bothered putting the magic system in there. Apparently in 5th edition, he strips it out of there. Well, considering he just wants people to be knights anyway, that makes sense. That does. Uh, but I, uh, people should go out and find this because it seems like a fun read. I couldn't give one crap about the King Arthur setting. I don't like it. <laughs> it's always been one of my least favorite settings. It's... It's complicated and nebulous, and it always gets adapted in stupid ways. I'd say the only one I consider more boring than the King Arthur setting at this point is the Three Musketeers. Uh, so, but the book's well-written. It, it doesn't no, bother it's fine. me. Yeah, it's fine. So it, it's getting a recommend, and a, yeah, I'd probably play it. There you go. There it is. All right, so once again, if you'd like to buy a box of curated dogs. Dog meat. Dog meats from, from Crate. Spark, then just go to our web zone. Barknotes.com. Go to barknotes.com where once a month a dog will send you a note. It says, am I a good boy? You have not told me yet. <laughs> It'll include a picture of a good boy who needs to know that he's a good boy. Yeah. And you can you can check, is this boy good or not for on just, the back. Just pennies a day. <laughs> you can sign up for the BMG Music Dog, dog Service where we'll send you a dog every month unless you indicate specifically via a, a postcard that you do not want a dog. Here's our dog of the month. And when you sign up in the first place, you'll receive 14 dogs for a penny. Yay. <laughs> Including such great dogs as the Saving Abel album. D- dog. <laughs> dog. <laughs> dog. <laughs> I assume they have an album called Dog. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, folks, if you like what you're listening to, and Lord knows it would be weird if you did, this has been a shaggy one, and it's all my fault. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is 100% your fault. You've been trying so hard to take it seriously. I've been trying real hard. <laughs> I am basically the author of this book, and you are everyone reading it. <laughs> hey, John, can I name my knight Frodo? Sure, go for it. Yay. Well, I care. <laughs> You've broken me. <laughs> I win. I win system mastery. <laughs> if you uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to hear our bonus content, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. You can support us there. Any amount you give us, you get our bonus content where you can hear uh, extra copy, uh, extra shows. Also, that's where you can get the RSS feed that includes our bonus content, our original shows, all the, the shows we put out on one useful feed. So that's a great way to get that done. Otherwise, you can find us at Facebook, uh, Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, all of those places. We are System Mastery. And our website itself is SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Find us there. Ask us your questions. Make your recommendations. And otherwise... Have a great day. And, John, you want anything else? You want to say anything else? Ah, these Mars Knights. <laughs> I did break them. Crazy old Mars Knights. He's completely broken. Look, he's doing like a Mars Knights Dio combination. <laughs> he's mixing all my terrible jokes. Working on my Mars Knights. <laughs> he just needs to get some En Vogue in there. and we'll be- <laughs> <laughs> Never going to get it. Never going to get Mars. <laughs> Thank you so much, and have a good week.